Hello, fellow Toms and Jerrys. I'm Mark Clearview, and you're listening to our favorite podcast about clams, clam chowder, clam-adjacent activities, and the end of the world. Today is Thursday, May 14th, and welcome back to episode 20 of Quarantine Live. I'm so excited you came back and joined us. Today is our 20th episode, 20 episodes of doing this, which means we've been doing it for exactly much too long. Let's not waste any time and jump into your headlines for the day. But before we do, when we play that beautiful little delicious introduction, um, since it's episode 20, I thought I would go back across the 19 past episodes and read out my favorite joke headlines from each episode. So this is kind of a best of compilation. I figured, I don't know, every 20th, anniversary episode edition i would go back and read the past 20 jokes to see which ones um if any were any good Uh, and the answer is going to be maybe so let's see uh episode one did not have a joke i'm going to go through the rest episode one does not have a joke we're starting at episode two i don't know what that means to anyone out there it means there's going to be 19 punchlines punchline is a debatable term first headline trump administration will really it, you know, we're already off to this start. Remember when I couldn't, I really couldn't talk back in the day doing this? Oh, it's such a throwback episode. It's such a throwback. Here we go. First headline, Trump administration will release border detention centers and send people back to Mexico. To be fair, the administration was already facilitating social distancing rules between parents and their children before it was cool. Next headline, Lime will remove its scooters from California and other states due to coronavirus, which is strange because I thought Corona was supposed to go well with Lime. Next headline, Trump says White House slash red taped to expand trials. Of course, the exact amount of red tape slash is up for debate as Trump is still learning his colors. I like that one. I can't choose a favorite between my children. Next headline, crowds gather at a new test center in Queens, and crowds in Queens are a lot alike. Everyone in Manhattan is telling me not to spend too much time in them. Next headline, executive of airlines UPS and FedEx pledged to postpone layoffs in return for big bailout. And I believe them. FedEx is very good about postponing important things. However, the U.S. seems to be even better postponing relief packages, so... Britain says it will fine residents who defy stay-at-home orders, and that seems a bit extreme for exiting your home. I mean, haven't we all made exit mistakes, Britain? A wartime act will be invoked to produce test kits. I don't know what's scarier, actually going to war or having one of those swabs shoved into the back of my brain. Next headline, Mariah Carey, Billie Eilish, to headline coronavirus benefit TV special. At least the mask is going to cover Mariah Carey's lip-syncing. And Billie Eilish music is a lot like staying indoors for two weeks. I have to pretend I like it or my friends start lecturing me. That's also good. Next headline. Nearly three dozen who attend Arkansas church event test positive for coronavirus. And that was all one family. Next. After expressing doubts about the need for more ventilators, Trump pushes industry to make more. You know what would help us all breathe easier? If you weren't reelected. Pope and closest aides do not have coronavirus, says the Vatican. The Pope said he was going to quarantine anyway, just in case, but in a cave with a big rock rolled in front of the door. I'm getting too much joy out of this. Next headline, cabin crew swap aircraft aisles for hospitals in UK's coronavirus fight. I don't want a cabin crew taking care of me. I know they're going to secure their own ventilators before helping someone else. Almost made it through that one without laughing. I shouldn't be, I should not be laughing at my own jokes, but I am. Next. Zookeepers self-isolate in UK Wildlife Park for three months to look after animals. Don't worry, though. The humans get plenty of space and water, and it's just like being in the wild. Next. China ends a lockdown on Wuhan as the country reports its first day since January with no deaths. See how fast you can cut cases to zero when you're not afraid to falsify evidence? 
Next headline, COVID-19 flare-ups reported along China-Russia border. Now, the countries are, of course, placing blame on each other, saying they're the ones who need to fix the problem. But I don't know who's better at fixing things at this point. On the one hand, you have thousands of underpaid workers fixing the cheap plastic components in our smartphones. And on the other hand, you have an entire country fixing elections. Next, models predicting expected spread of the virus in the U.S. paint a grim picture. Oh, really? I thought it would paint a pretty watercolor. Next headline. We're almost there. Two more. Just bear with us. This teacher paid his students' bills with his stimulus check. With a $1,200 check? Was this a public school? And last but not least, White House says relationship with China is disappointing, frustrating. Oh, wait, sorry. That's a quote from my ex-girlfriend. And those are your headlines for today. Hope you guys enjoy the headlines and i can't believe we've made it to episode 20 thank you so much for being around and for supporting we have 900 listens and over 50 listeners on an average on each episode which is i don't think too bad for just under two months hopefully we continue to grow that if you have a friend who would like to listen to the podcast please share it with them if you have an episode that you enjoyed please share um a picture of that episode or um share it from spotify to your instagram story or something and uh, maybe do a pull quote from it or let me know what you enjoyed and let your followers know what you enjoyed also um, usually I like to get into the updates and talk kind of off the top of my head. Um, whatever words I free associate, I kind of just let pour out and let you know how I'm really truly feeling. But I don't want to waste too much time today. We're going to jump from section to section because I did quite like the um, formula and the format of the last episode that we did, episode 19, for those of you who can count. If you want to go back and take a listen to that um, or don't just continue to listen to this one here are the numbers at a glance quickly the cdc website says so this is cases in america 1,364,000 cases the deaths are at 82,000 uh, and the world cases of corona are up to 4.4 million with deaths just passing 300,000 today this is shocking um the curve does not seem to be flattening worldwide i guess in some countries it is but that means we can't open up anything to travel yet it, it's all it's hey welcome to the world it's a mess in case you haven't been reading the news the past week as i said i'm going to jump right into it um it's our throwback episode episode so in in honor of that i'm going to go back to a time when i didn't know how to speak it's a throwback episode so that's kind of the theme here we're trying a theme out but there's a couple of people that I want to personally thank instead of saying thank you all for coming back. Here are some people in no particular order that I think should be thanked for listening and supporting. David Klein, a brilliant writer and comedian. Tansy, an amazing burlesque dancer and an even better friend. Carmen Liardi, a choreographer, dancer, and a funny, funny person. Melissa Durfler, my twin flame. Uh, nothing else really needs to be said. She's the bomb.com at the best, and the bomb sounds like the bam when you put them together like that. Eric Hu, a strong magic mind and a stronger magic friend in New York City. Jeevan Gandhi, a composer, a fantastic roommate, and an even better ruminator. Scott Hamill, uh, he taught me everything I know. What can I say? Jason D'Souza, my bestie and my business partner. What can I say again? Serena Kelly, my sister, friend, and a talented businesswoman. Kyla and Silvana of... Raven, of course, Aerialists Extraordinaire, and my New York City family. They're the people that come to mind when I think about that. Love you both. Chrissy, miss ya. Sanjay Parker, incredibly driven, and also a podcast contributor. Jacob Basso, a smart cookie and an avid listener. Sarah Malou, the best director I know, and a uh, guilty podcast supporter. Sorry for outing you. Dana Fradkin, movie maker, friend. Doug Ennenberg, Montreal comrade, podcast contributor, 
podcast contributor and shaper. <laughs> I'm drunk. I should do this sober. Megan Ennenberg, friend and listener. Maddie Keys, great writer, listener. Kara Seymour, um, text from Kara. Couldn't have done it without you. Daniel Avenko, thank you so much for listening. Eh, Fabricio. Um, oh, man, I could thank everyone from Paradise. Josie, Matthew, Melissa, Anya. You know what? I, I, I can't continue because now I've said too much. Everyone in New York City. And that's that's it for now. Oh, man, of course, Rebecca Smith for all the free beer and fun times. Did I miss anyone? I definitely, look, sometimes I can think it's just best to not thank anyone because then you miss people. And uh, But then I realize, no, it's not. <laughs> that's my story. Oh, God, I have to flip back now that I've done that fucking stupid shit. Oh, do I have anything? No. Okay. In the spirit of throwbacks, and uh, without wasting any more time on stupid jokes or how I'm feeling, actually, let's waste a little time about how I'm feeling. I think you'd like to know. This past week was great. I feel super productive. I have some projects in the pipeline, which I'm keeping close to the vest. I'm talking to more friends on the phone and, and feeling a little more connected, but also taking more time to myself to not talk to anybody and reflect more. So if that's not a contradiction, I don't know what is. Working with uh, Jason D'Souza and Sura on a bunch of things, learning new skills, writing more, therapy, that's enough. It was a good week. I'll keep you updated next week when all this goes in the toilet. That's right. I like to manifest the bad things. Throwback episode. How's this for a throwback? What a beautiful wedding says a bridesmaid to a waiter. But what a shame. What a shame the poor groom's bride is a whore. I chime in with a haven't you people ever heard of. Closing a damn door. No, it's much better to face these kinds of things with a sense of voice and rationality. I chime in. Here's another song which I discovered again recently that I like to listen to while I'm driving. But you become somebody else Round everyone else You're watching your back Like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me what Whatever girl make things so complicated I see the way you're acting Like you're somebody else Gets me frustrated Here's a song that I like to scream while I'm driving Cause when a heart breaks No, it don't break even This little classic. deep deep cuts that absolutely slap in 2020 this one for sure
I don't know if anyone remembers this song, but if you would think back to a time when you were in middle school, I'm 25, so I don't know what it, what age you were. If you're 25, think back to the time you were in grade seven. Um, if you went to Montclair Middle School, I mean, this one specifically goes out to you, and it specifically <laughs> goes out to a friend group that would be um, Troy, Brenton, Andrew, Eric, Quinn, Austin, other Andrew. <laughs> Is that helpful? Um, I'm missing people. Ben, that's who I got for right now. This one goes out to all of you. But not least, La Pièce de Résistance. tell three stories now because why the fuck not the first story is going to be it's going to make you feel one way the second one make you feel another way the third will make you feel another way i is what i want to say we were having a fun time on the podcast don't let me off this ride um this is a story that comes to us from doug ennenberg he told me he wanted me to edit it but i refuse because i think it should just be his experience buckle up yesterday around lunchtime a big old 10-foot moving truck pulled into the hospice parking lot. From my kitchen window, I could see it had faded stickers along the side and an old brown skull and crossbones on the door. I had not seen it before, and neither had the nurses. I was busy when he pulled up, washing dishes probably, but my mom, the director, had gone out to greet him and enforced the distancing rules with this stranger. A couple of the nurses had stopped for coffee just outside the kitchen, and one of them said, Look, you can see him through the window. I wonder how long it took him to grow that beard. Sure enough, when he leaned forward in the chair he'd found, I could see he was an old, white man, maybe 70, with a wide, dark green brim and a feather in his hat. His beard was a thick, flowy grandpa's beard with some dark yellow in it, maybe from cigarettes, or maybe it was just leftover color from his younger days. The nurses and I soon got back to work, but the story had to be told, and my mom stopped by the kitchen to tell me first. This guy was going to die soon, and he wanted some advice from some professionals. Apparently there was some light family drama with a tree of relations and names my mom just couldn't hold on to, but the point was he had come to ask for advice. He was living in a storage locker, and he was probably going to die there. My mom said he could cook for himself still, which was good, but he needed care, and the distance from his place to the front door was about a half a block, and a long way for him to walk if he needed to unlock it to let a nurse in. That's the story. This guy was kind and gentle and a beautiful soul, and he was going to die in a storage locker. It just struck me so hard, like... When I picture my future, I'm always thinking of a certain period of years in which I'm working and playing and changing, and I often don't picture my own death. But I never imagined an end to life like that. It was... He was kind. I don't know. It just made me think about what I have now and to be grateful for my life today. 
Of course, I don't want to end my life poor and alone, but it takes some of the fear away to know that even if I did, I could still be kind. And then he drove off. Hospices are interesting places, man. The end of life is full of human stories, family stories. It's cool. I think that's a great sentiment. If you make it to the end and you're poor and alone, you can still be kind. And Doug, you will be. Me? I'm not so certain. Some people will tell you I wasn't anyway, depending on who you ask. There's at least a couple people I can think of. Um, Here's another story. You know it's difficult before I move on? Laying it all on the line episode after episode. Trying to think what inside of me can I pull out and put on display. Because as I said in another episode, I am my own product. What can I reach in, take out, share, give a catchy title, and people will flock to and listen? How do I get a new, different, emotional, interesting, funny story every single time I do one of these? And how do I let people know I'm being honest and truthful and laying it all on the line? And sometimes you just realize as you're trying to do one thing, and you can't do this on stage because once you start to feel like you maybe feel a different way than making people laugh, you're you're dead in the water. You will never think that on stage because your job in the moment is to entertain, at least for me anyway, and it cannot be turned off unless something traumatic happens or someone shoots me on stage. There are times when I've felt it, but the internal motor to move forward is way stronger when you're talking into a microphone and you go to tell a certain type of story and your brain goes you're not feeling that way what i want you to know is i'm trying to be genuine that's all i can do and i hope you are doing the same thing on the other end in a way i hope you're being genuine in how you're consuming the media not letting another person tell you what you should think of it before you listen to it not letting yourself not pulling yourself out by what you should think of things but just living fully in the moment and being genuine with yourself and your emotions i think that can be very hard to do so spend some time alone with you while i spend some time alone with me moving on the funny little tale that i want to tell is not from not too long ago i was doing a show for the toronto magic company which is uh ben train and jonah babbins jonah babbins old roommate of mine uh ex-roommate of mine a um, former roommate is the best term he's not old and we had a really great time together. We were in this little basement of magic, both magicians, and him and Ben started the Toronto Magic Company, and they have a, a monthly show, which is, of course, not happening right now, called The Art of Magic, which is a magic show that happens in an art gallery. If you have not seen it, you should definitely check it out, and if you want to learn more about it, please go to torontomagiccompany.com. And if that doesn't work, go to thetorontomagiccompany.com. I, of course, should look it up, but here we are. Um, I did the show for them, The Art of Magic. Just Google the Toronto Magic Company. It'll fucking come up. God, get off my back. Who the fuck puts URLs in anymore? It's, everything's a Google. Anywho, I was on stage and I was doing this um, this trick with uh, a puzzle that an audience member is doing. And it's very important that um, I don't touch uh, anything that's going on. And so they have a puzzle piece in their hand. It's the last moment of the trick where I do a big reveal. I pull a cloth off of a puzzle and anyway, I'm with this woman talking her through it. Uh, do this, stand over here, do that. And she's, and I'm a comedian, so it's all funny and everyone's laughing. And I go, okay, now hold that piece. Do not let anyone touch that piece. And I pull the sheet off the puzzle and I go, now go over and inspect the puzzle. Don't let anyone take that piece. And go. as I'm saying that, she just steps backward a little bit. And I go, oh, watch the, and her foot goes right through the edge of the stage. And she swear to god she falls off the stage grabs the curtain rips the curtain out of the ceiling 
falls on her ass and the whole curtain falls over her and envelops her inside of it. And the audience is like, oh, my God. And I'm, I'm like, are you okay? okay? She fell. She really fell and, like, fell into a sit. And the funniest thing was she held on to the puzzle piece with her life. She didn't drop it. She fell and held on to it, didn't put her hands out, just, like, fell into a sit, got covered in the curtain. Anyway, came out. She fell out of the audience's view. So if you were sitting in the audience, you would just see the person on the stage go, whoop, and disappear. So kind of a cool trick. But she comes up like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you sure? Yeah, watch the edge of the stage there. What, everything, you need water? You need, no. She goes, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay. And then I say, now, I don't want to sound insensitive, but when you fell off the stage there, did anybody switch the puzzle piece? Ah, and I have video of it. And I have to find her and ask her. I don't know how I'll find her, but I'm sure somebody who knew she was there but I, I need to be able to put it somewhere because i just rewatched it and it reminded me to tell the story and god it's funny how are you guys doing you good okay i hope you're doing well because we're going to uh get a buckle up here because it's coming to the time when i want to tell another fucking scary story okay and i'm gonna do that because i had fun doing it last time and this one is another old urban legend. So you might know some of these. So if you know it, don't spoil it for anyone else listening to the podcast. Don't go tweeting and texting. It'll nibble little fingies. Just listen, goddammit. Um, here's the story. And of course, it's a true story because it's a legend. And, um, you know, it, it happened to a friend of a friend of mine. And this friend of a friend who happened to be a babysitter. And this is the story of the babysitter and the baby. So there's a babysitter who gets hired to go out to this house um, kind of far from her neighborhood, but it's this beautiful mansion, multiple rooms, bedrooms. And, of course, the mother and father don't want to raise their own child. So they call for a babysitter as their date night, and they say, here's a number if you need to call us if you need anything. The baby will be sleeping in the nursery upstairs, and if you could just keep an eye on her, make sure she goes down. Once she's asleep... Um, you know, you can just listen on the baby monitor and uh, help yourself to anything in the house. She says, thank you. And they leave. And so she's kind of cradling the baby, rocking the baby. It's a very young child. It's probably, you know, a baby. And it's in the crib. And it, the baby, she, Isabel, Isabel slowly falls asleep. And uh, our babysitter, Chantel, it's not confusing, goes downstairs while the baby's sleeping and, and turns on the baby monitor. And a little bit into the night, she's watching TV, you know, and a little bit in the night, you just hear like, it's like little crackling sounds coming from the big monitor. So she, she turns it up a little bit and she, all of a sudden, <laughs> the baby just starts crying, but she heard these little like scratching sounds and the baby's crying. So she runs up, she's a little bit panicked and um, she notices the baby just has like, kind of like a red irritation on its face. On Isabel's face. Baby has a little red irritation. She's looking at it like, what? You know, she's looking around the room. And uh, the baby's crying. And she, she puts the baby back to sleep. And and it's just, it's not like a scratch, but it's irritated. And as she's looking around the room, she stops. And she sees out the window, there's a man just standing there. And she can see all the way from his head to his feet out this window. She's looking. And he's just standing motionless 
So she slowly backs out of the room. The man does not move. And then she runs around the corner at the last minute. But she decides to keep her cool. She doesn't want to panic. There's no way he got inside. The baby's probably just irritated from the pillow. So she takes the baby with her downstairs and turns the baby monitor off. And the baby falls asleep in her lap watching TV. And that's the last she hears the baby cry or anything happen. Um, and it doesn't worry about the man standing outside the house. And she's, you know, it's a neighbor. It's fine. It's just some weirdo just standing there. It's not going to scare me. I'm not going to ruin these rich, beautiful people's night. And she wakes the end of the night, and the end of the night's fine. And uh, the parents come home with the irregular hour, and they go, Oh, my God, you're, you're Isabel sleeping on you. Is everything okay? She goes, Yeah, you know, I just wanted to keep a closer eye on her. They go, Okay, well, great. You you really have a way with her. She seems to be sound asleep. We'll go put her in the crib upstairs. Um, and, yeah, we'll have you back again. She goes, You know, I just want to say there was – it's fine. Um, I had a great time with Isabel. She's a super easy baby. But there was a weird moment. I don't know. Do you guys have like a neighbor who looks in the house sometimes? And they go, what are you talking about? She says, oh, nothing. I just, I went upstairs and, and I could just see out the window that there was um, a man just standing in front of the house. And they start laughing. Like, oh, it's, you're not going to scare us that easily. She goes, no, what, what do you mean? Like I looked out the window and I could see there was a, a man watching the house. And they go, What? She goes, yeah, like that full-length window. They go, honey, there's no window in that room. That's a mirror. <laughs> so that's my other little legend. It's a fun legend, too. That was one that I was told. That one like, sent chills up my spine the first time I heard it because, because you know, anything that makes a completion in your head, you're like, oh. Um, so... Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know. Those are fun. I have like a million of those, so I'll do another one uh, next time. And and you know what? If you have a little funny, scary, not sc- funny, scary story that you can send me or be like, have you heard this urban legend? Maybe I'll tell it, but I also would just love to read it and be a part of it. Send it to me right before I go to sleep. And listen to the episode of the Red Good. Sanjay sent me like a bunch of questions. He's been sending them every week. And I kind of like ending with them because um, I miss Kara sending me texts. Kara, where are you? Come back. Um, sorry, Sanjay. We'll get to your questions. Uh, he said, if I could have the career of any current rapper, who would it be? Uh, oh, geez. Here's my two answers. First one that comes to mind is Drake because of what he did for the city. And I know like, if you don't really understand Drake or aren't a fan or don't know his music, you're like, why Drake? He's so soft, whatever. He's an amazing songwriter. Um, Take Care is one of my favorite albums of all time. And just the the songwriting and the ability to truthfully talk about past relationships, I think is something that really speaks to me. And I think he's a brilliant writer, rapper, producer, and did it like, and, and maybe I'm talking mostly about old Drake. Obviously there's a bunch of weird shit that I don't really want to rep or have be a part of my career. Like, you know, being weird with younger women and not making the best music anymore. We'll see. He's on thin ice, is what I'm. Is what I'll say with him. So my real answer, even though it's not really, I guess, related to lifestyle, also would be Jay Z because there's not probably a better rapper still alive today. Maybe Eminem. Maybe not anymore. Um, just the amount, of the the business smarts that he has, like career wise, probably him. And you know, I'll be married to Beyonce. You want me to play a song at the end, and uh, you might not get your wish today.
what got me into hip hop. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a big hip hop fan. I like to listen to it. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, you know, my favorite's Vanilla Ice. Um, no, what is, what got me into it? Um, you know, Scott used to play it a lot in the car and I, I just, it's like poetry in motion. You know, it really is poetic and the production and the different aspects of a song that you can listen to and get into. I don't know anything else that does like hip hop. I don't think that hypes me up the same way and just like the history of it and the battles and beef and repping different cities and countries I think is really cool. And yeah, Scott used to listen to it all the time. And then, you know, my good friend Eric Berg was really, really into it. And in Montreal, when I was going to school with him, he would play it all the time. And I, I used to be the person who was like, <laughs> rap's not music, blah, blah, but that, that's so ignorant because it, it, you can't really hide behind the studio the same way you can with singing and be like, Oh, that's catchy. Like, yeah, rap can be catchy and be nonsense for sure. But the ones that really stick with you and the people who are really remembered are those who um, are, are just dropping fire lines and blowing your mind. Okay. Fave driving song right now. It's come down by Anderson Pock. I don't know if that's true. It actually might be break even by the script. <laughs> Uh, or in too deep by some forty one. I don't know. Like it changes all the time. I think come down is really good, and um, yeah, that's what I got. Madonna's Material Girl is also pretty great. Read a poem. Oh my gosh, you said Jason, or you should read a poem that you've written. Here, let me let me say something. I never read my poems out loud, and I never want to do it. And when somebody asked me to share a poem with first of all i very rarely share poetry this book will be the first thing i, I guess i kind of put out and want people to read but it's like mm, i don't know a lot of people do it the the it's one of the only art forms that i don't need to share to have make it feel like it has meaning because you know again i'm usually my own product all the time and this is it's kind of just for me but the thing about reading it is that when i read it i put emphasis in places where the reader might not i i just want it to be at its purest form and they're going to make it about what it's about as they read it. And they're going to, the reader will place their, it's the type of thing where like the more specific you get in your poetry, the more universal it becomes because then anybody can read it and, and add their own story to it. If that makes sense. I um, will read one, but I, I prefer when someone else does it because then it, it's interpretation which is my favorite part of it and the poem becomes about something new once a reader is reading it because it's for them it's no longer for you however jeez i don't know <laughs> now i'm embarrassed and scared it's stupid this is something i wrote let's call it a poem if you will and um i'll just read it for you and it, it is one of the poems in my new book of poems uh, it's called enough <clears throat> Also, let me just say, when you see it on a page and you see how it's like the formatting so important, the punctuation, the what's capitalized and not, I think it adds to the whole thing. So you only get part of it as you're reading it, but whatever. Here we go. Enough. This is a call to action. No more excuses. It is fear. That feeling is fear. Fear is stopping you. Finance is stopping you. It is fear. Enough. It needs to burn so hot, the other options vanish. Stop saying we come from different places with different experiences. Everyone does. Take the leap. It saddens and angers me when people do not realize their full potential. Are you good? Prove it. 
I have never worked another job in my life, not because I was lucky, but because I refused. I still refuse, because I am stubborn, stupid, reckless, ill-advised, optimistic, delusional, privileged, spoiled, blind, because I don't listen. I refuse to do anything that does not bring me joy for more than a moment. Years are too long, months are too long, weeks are too long, days are too long. You don't have that kind of time. Stop making excuses. Enough today, not tomorrow. You talk yourself in circles because you're good at it. You're good at arguing. You convince yourself that you have it under control. You do not. Quit your job. Leave your partner. Drop out of school. You do not have time. I need you to leap. Broke. Tired. Afraid. Leap when your life depends on staying. Quit. Leave. Drop out. Every hour you waste, you hurt an artist. Part-time jobs betray passion. Jason's family was broke. Jason needed business, needed security, needed money. Jason dropped out of business school after a year. Art, freedom, creativity, fun, difference. No more backup plans. Money, security, fear, boredom. I am white. I am upper middle class. I had a head start. But at some point you must ask yourself, is now the time? Has it been long enough? And if years go by and you still ask yourself, try really asking. Be honest. Was 6 the right time? Was 17 the right time? Was 18 the right time? 28, 29, 30, 31, 60, 65, yes. Why are you still doing what you hate? Quit, leave, drop out. That's a little thing. I don't know. There you go. Um, it's very different than most of the things in here. So I'm going to read one more tiny, tiny thing that I some love for some reason. He puts his arm around her pulls her close she speaks french to him she touches his leg they walk together they stand at a stoplight they don't kiss they want to i go inward everywhere that's all i would like to read for the day i i, I thank everyone and then uh, okay you asked me one more question after that beautiful rendition someone who's helped you that you've never thanked skip all the obvious people lou who is the booker at caroline's on broadway really took a big jump with me and is the reason that I moved to New York and looked me in the eyes and was like, you're making it hard for me to book you without you being here. And I knew he was asking me to come and I've come and he's put me on more shows than anybody else. And, you know, I mean, help me get my agent because that's how ABC saw me. And that's how I, that's a story for another time. But most of the, that was the first, that was the first thing that made a difference. And of course, nobody would know who he is. Not no one would know. A lot of people know who he is, but wouldn't know that that was such a big part of it. So I have to thank him. And then uh, I got to thank you too, Sanjay. You're one of the... Mm, you've affected my career a lot, helped me think about things in different ways, for sure. And uh, in ways that I probably didn't realize while it was happening. And so I got to thank you also. I don't know if I've ever said thank you for helping me be where I am today also. And uh, that makes me think of like the shoot for Escaping Parkinson's and going to New York together. And uh, you've been there through a lot of the, the great big situations and that it's not just because you asked the question it made me think and um you're definitely uh definitely one of those people so thank you there's a ton of people i probably haven't thanked properly then they've made me very nervous that i will go back and start frantically thanking everyone your final question is are you team purple or green i have no idea what that means purple is my answer i'm done thank you so much for listening to today's podcast i hope you enjoyed it we're a little all over the place, but it's a throwback. So that's what it looks like. 20 episodes have gone by. We'll see if we make it through another 20. I'm still alive. You're still alive. And that is the biggest thing to be thankful for. Um, but I'm even more thankful for you <laughs> listening to the podcast. And that's genuine. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I'm Mark Clearview. And we'll see you all next week. Make sure to share the podcast so we can get more listeners. Hello? 
Good night. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leoshi cause she don't know me but yo she's really fine. You know I see her all the time everywhere I go and even in my dreams I can scheme a way to make her mine. Cause I know she's living fat, her boyfriend's tall and he